Habits and Health, episode 18. Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health, the podcast where we give you ideas and ways you can improve your health by uh, employing different habits. And, and this week we go into the realms of character strengths. You may, have be, you may be familiar with something called the VIA character strengths, which talks about, it's, a, it's around the area of positive psychology and how if we focus more on the strengths that we have, rather than focusing on weaknesses, which is what many people tend to do, is how we can achieve much more. Um, and we've got an expert on that, a, name, a lady named Catherine Britton, who's co-author of a book called Character Strengths Matter. And she's an, an expert in this area, so we're going to find out a lot more about character strengths as uh, we talk to Catherine in this episode. If you do enjoy it, please do share it with anyone who you feel would get some real value from some of the great stuff that, that Catherine talks about in this episode and hope you enjoy it. Habits and health and my guest today is Catherine Britton. How are you, Catherine? I'm doing very well. Thank you for inviting me. And well, I'm, I'm delighted that you're here because um, as we were just talking before we started recording, I've read your book numerous times. I mean, you're a co-author of the book, uh, Character Strengths Matter, and it's a, it's a fabulous book. Well, I'm so glad you find it that way. We had a lot of fun pulling it together. And well, well, let's let's go straight into the book then. So, what what was the what was your thinking about uh, creating the book in the first place? Well, to begin with, um, my co-author Shannon Polly and I had both been students at, um, at the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, and we both studied with both Martin Seligman and Christopher Peterson. Um, Christopher Peterson was a fantastically funny um, and, but very humble person and very, very concerned about other people. And so I guess it was, he suddenly died in 2012. Shan and I were looking for some way that we could carry forward his work. He and Martin Seligman had worked together to come up with the the list of 24 character strengths that they call the, uh, the VIA character strengths. Mm. We thought, well, we had this publication, Positive Psychology News, that had been running since 2007, and we had a whole series of articles where people would write about character strengths. So we thought, well, what if we looked there and see, saw if we could find an article about each one of the different 24 character strengths well, we probably had about mm, 18 or 19 of them already written up because people were interested in them and written, had written articles on them. So we, we, the first thing that we did was to actually commission people to write up articles for the remaining ones. And we had a little competition in a couple of cases where more than one person wanted to write about a particular character strength. I will tell you that the two that were the least um, attractive were humility and prudence, so I wrote about the, both of those and found it really quite enlightening to do so. And we'll, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so here we are. We've got 24 articles. We actually had more in a few of the character strengths. Short articles, maybe mm, 1,000, 1,500 words. So not long topic discussions. But they all involve some kind of story or some kind of application of, of, of the character strength in real life. So once we had pulled together the 24, then we started thinking, well, what would we need to make this into a book? So, well, of course, you need to have some ways that people can build those character strengths. That drew us to the website of Tayyab Rashid, uh, who has put together a wonderful website that has a list. At one point, it was 340 ways to build character strengths. It may be, well, it may be in the 500s by now. Uh, and we asked him, could we borrow some of the, the techniques for building character strengths from his site? And being a phenomenally generous person, he said, sure. So we picked five of his activities for each one of the 24 character strengths. The next thing we did was very, very much based on something that Shannon, um, 
Shannon was my, my, my co-author, Shannon Polly, is a trained actress. And she's a very strong believer that something that actors and actresses do, which is to act as if they're somebody else, that that's a really important way to build a particular characteristic. And so you think, oh, I'm just not a kind person or whatever. Why don't you instead act as if you were a kind person? Imagine what a kind person would do. And then if you intend to become a kinder person, act as if you were a kinder person for a period of time. And what happens is you become kinder. Hmm. So Shannon's belief was that we needed to provide people with pieces of writing that they could read out loud. So not just read it to yourself as you're sitting there, but read it out loud. Hmm. And that reading it out loud, you would be characterizing in your body that particular character strength. And so we then did a search for through plays, through poetry, through speeches, to come up with short pieces. Had to be short because we knew that people were not going to read long passages out loud. Mm. Um, and we came up with a, a, a passage for each one of the 24 character strengths. Mm. Final step was to get our illustrator, Kevin Gillespie, who drew, hand drew all of the pictures that are in the book. And once we had pictures for each of the character strengths, we had a few articles at the end that were about applications of character strengths, but we put it all together and made it into this book. So it's a book that involves, it's a labor of love by 30 plus people. And it was, when I say a labor of love, we did it in honor of Christopher Peterson, uh, who died in 2012. So all of the, all of the proceeds from the book are donated to the Christopher Peterson Scholarship Fund at the University of Pennsylvania. As, so it's our way of having an ongoing, of honoring him in an ongoing way. And, and how long did the whole process take? Oh, I think, you know, probably took two or three years. Um, it, we started talking about it and we weren't too serious at first. And then we got more serious and then we got more serious. But, and, you know, it takes a lot of work to, to line up that many, that many mm -hmm. people get permissions from everybody to get the artwork done, to just decide between alternative pictures for various things. So mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was big effort, uh, but we're very proud of, of what we produced. And what did you, I'm wondering, is there anything, did you learn anything in particular from the, from the end of the process? Was there anything that surprised you in doing it or? I don't know that pulling it together really surprised us. We had done two preceding books out of articles written for Positive Psychology News. One of them is called Resilience, which mm -hmm. is a collection of maybe, I can't even remember, it's sort of 10 or 11 different articles and then reflections on those articles. And another one was called Gratitude. So Resilience and Gratitude, of course, anybody who studies positive psychology, those two topics always come up. They're mm -hmm. very important. Um, what we found pulling this together was um, i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure i really have a great thing anything great to say about that particular particular point it's just that we had been working on books so we knew how to pull articles together edit them for a book publication um, Shannon put a, a lot of effort into the design of the book, the cover design and, and other aspects of it so that it makes, made it, um, I, I'm, I'm much more likely to just say, okay, slap a cover on it. Who cares? But she really, really did care. And I think it made a big difference. Mm -hmm. We also got some great feedback from some of the people that we had studied with. Our very, very favorite is Jonathan Heights comment about the book. This is on the back of the book and I'll read it to you. This is among the best books in all of positive psychology. How about that? It takes one of the most important areas of research, the character strengths, and makes it as accessible, as practical, and as inspiring as could be. I particularly love that it's written for sharing. Every couple and every family should have a copy. This will become my standard dinner party gift instead of a bottle of wine. So I like to think that the book has gone to people's houses instead of a bottle of wine in in, in certain instances. 
Well, let's back up a bit here because I guess, I mean, we've gone straight into the book and there may be people listening to this who are thinking, what, what are these character strengths? What, what are they talking about? So could you, could you explain a bit more to people who may be unfamiliar with all of this? Yes, I'd be happy to. And thank you for, for backtracking. You know, I'm, I, I, I am a writer. And one of the things you're always having to remember is, wait a minute, am I now referring to something that I've never actually introduced? So thank you for asking that question. Um, back, you know, the, the, the whole, the positive psychology movement, uh, which it's a new branch of psychology, it's not intended to be a, let's put happy faces on everything. Instead, it's intended to be a shift of focus from always studying what's wrong, what's broken, what's, what's, uh, what leads to suffering, to instead turn the attention on, well, what's, what's right? What could be better? What could we build on? When people are happy, you know, what can we learn from them that we could use in, in, in our own you know, pursuits of happiness mm. or our own pursuits of, of the good life? So one of the things that... that uh, the, the leaders of the field decided was that instead of just having the DSM, you know, the, the what is it, Diagnostics and Statistical Manual that describes every possible mental illness, and every year it gets, you know, every time they put it out, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. Um, instead of just having that, let's turn our focus to what's strong in people. What are the characteristics, the character aspects of people that are strong and lead to uh, well-lived lives. So they set out a big effort to study this. They got 40 or 50 psychologists to to look into various aspects of it. They looked to see what are what are aspects of character that are universally that are universally approved all the way around the world. So not just a Western slant. It's mm-hmm. also important in China, in in Japan, and in India and other places of the world. Mm-hmm. So have been uh, appreciated over time are elemental. Okay, so one of the things that people will say when they when they look at the character strengths, they'll say, "Well, you don't have patience in there. Why don't you have, uh, you know?" Uh, and they'll come up with a list of character strengths that they think should be there. Hmm. The people who were studying positive psych- the the character strengths to begin with said, instead of trying to have every possible characteristic that is good, let's come up with the elemental ones that combine together create the other character strengths. Mm. So they came up with a list of 24. Um, and I think that the 24, maybe this was a magic number, and they decided, let's stop now. There could be others, but let's just deal. 24 is enough for right now. And then they put together a, um, a questionnaire so that people could explore which of these character strengths are most like me mm-hmm. um, and which ones are maybe are ones where, hmm, you know, if I wanted to put in a little effort, I could get better at. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Uh, a lot of times when people take the, the, the assessment, they tend to have their eyes go immediately to the ones that are at the low end that are least like them and mm-hmm. start thinking of worrying about them and thinking about them as weaknesses that yeah. need to be filled. The idea of the researchers, though, is to instead look at the ones that are at the top, the ones that are most like you, and mm-hmm. use that as a way of understanding yourself better, of understanding what your character is like. So um, I recently heard Angela Duckworth make the comment that we humans are very, very inclined. Uh, Angela Duckworth, by the way, is a, a fabulous researcher at the University of Pennsylvania who's mm-hmm. written the book Grit. Yeah. But she was making the point in this in this in this presentation that we're a little bit too inclined to put each other in shoeboxes, mm. and so to say, okay, you're the creative one, you're the you're the kind one, you're the you're the leadership one, etc. But actually, people are on it with each with each one of these character strengths. They're somewhere on the scale from eh, not so good to wow, outstanding. Hmm. So it's not that it's a binary thing. You either have it or you don't have it. Hmm. I never really like to hear somebody say, well, you know, I have the creative strength. Well, we all have the creative strength. I'm hmm. sitting here making up sentences as we go. I'm hmm. creating up new material, words that have never been put together in quite this way, hmm. just as we're speaking right now. I believe everybody 
is creative. The question mm-hmm. is, of your of your of the strengths, which ones are the ones that show up the most in you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, twenty four character strengths they tend to fall in in um, let's see, is it six families? Of I have to. Yeah, six virtues, it. isn't it? Anyway, I think it's if they're 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 character strengths around the mind, wisdom, wisdom character strengths about knowing things. Hmm. They're character strengths about around courage. They're character strengths around um, sort of the humanities, love, social intelligence, kindness. Hmm. They're character strengths around civic responsibility, how you behave in your in your group in your larger group. There's the ones that that I think are the most interesting because they are the least sexy are the ones that are around temperance. That mm. is, you you're, you moderate you moderate things, and then finally there are the ones around transcendence, mm. things like spirituality, gratitude, even humor. For some reason, falls in the transcendence category. Mm. So the reason I think I mentioned before that I find humility and prudence to be particularly interesting. Hmm. The reason is that these are ones that if you, if somebody is told, okay, your top character strength is humility, they tend to be disappointed. They tend to feel like, boy, what a dull person I am. (laughs) But if you look at humility and how it shows up as a character strength, you realize that these are the people that have humility, that truly have humility, are the kinds of people that every every group wants to have around that mm. every that every organization runs better because they're there because they tend to not just focus on themselves mm. they tend to focus on what's going on in the rest of the environment and to have this sort of wide ranging view of of you know themselves sort of off the center of the stage but making sure that the whole picture works well mm. um, so it gave me a new perspective when I when I started trying to write my article on humility. It gave me a new perspective and a new uh, appreciation for it. Mm. Um, related to prudence, similarly, uh, people I think get they they put prudence and prude in the same place in their in their minds, and so they think, oh, I don't want to be prudence. That sounds really really dull. Mm. Well, I happen to be married to somebody who has prudence very high. And I tell you, I really, really appreciate the fact that he thinks ahead, he plans ahead, he anticipates things that might go wrong, he thinks about the consequences of his actions. These are all characteristics of prudence that make it a character strength, and they're all really, really important for humans to have. Mm. Um, So when I wrote my article on, on prudence, one of the things I remembered was back in the earlier gas crisis, uh, I was working at the at the for the Navy, the United States Navy at the time, and there was a um, there was a an article in a newsletter that said, you know, you want to reduce your gas consumption, so take your spare tire out of your car because you almost never need it, and you're 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 spending gas dragging it around all the time. And I remember reading that and thinking, really? <laughs> so prudence would say, well, maybe you don't always need it, but when you need it, you do need it, and you don't need it to be in your garage, so you better have taken it with you. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll take a breath and give you a chance to ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one, of the, one of the things I was thinking of as you were explaining that is, I mean, for, for anyone listening, you can go to, uh, I forget, what's the, 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 the site? Is you just put in VIA character strengths? Is that the... I, well, I always send people to VME, that's V-I-A-M-E dot org. Right. Okay. And, you and can that'll go take there. you right to the yeah. And you can take the tests to find out which are your signature strengths, and you know it gives you a, a readout of all of the twenty-four strengths. But one of the things I was thinking, I remember with the first time I, I took the test was probably about four or five years ago, and I maybe I didn't read enough around the whole area before I took the test, and recently I've been reading a lot more around character strengths. I mean, I've been reading your book. I've been reading a book by Ryan, Ryan Nemack and, and some other books as well. And so I've, I have a much better understanding of it now than I did then. And, and I think I before was probably thinking along the lines of what you mentioned before that I was maybe focusing on some of the, the weaker 
per, you know, I was perceiving some of the, some of those as weaker. But also in the actual answering the questions, it seems that you could look at the questions in different ways. And that sometimes I'm, I wasn't sure how to answer a question. I was thinking, well, in this context, I'm this way, but in another context, I'm in, I'm a different way. So how do I answer the question? Well, I think that's, you know, trying to come up with an instrument that measures something that's as ineffable as character strength seems to me to be, you know, black magic. So I'm not a, I do know that, that that it's something that they've been working on and working on and refining over the years. And that now you can take that, you can take the via character strengths as uh, it's, you can take it for free, or if you want to have slightly more information in your report, you can pay a little bit of money. Mm. So, and they've had millions. I don't even know how many millions of people have taken it now. I believe it's 5 million or something now. Probably, you know, probably something like that. So there's a lot of people have taken it and there's been a lot of research looking at things like uh, well-being at work and, uh, you know, there's a lot of research that you can find on the VIA site. Mm. Um, I tell you, you know, I, I, I would just say that when you take it, answer quickly and don't spend a lot of time trying to an- analyze it and also figure when you get to the end of it, this is just one snapshot of you. You can take it again and you might have slight- a slightly different combination of strengths what you have all those strengths in you, right? Mm. And they all probably, some of them you, you express all the time. Some of them you only express under, under periods of need. And so there'll be a different mix depending on what's going on in your life. Don't worry too much about that, but look at it as a way of maybe getting a little bit of insight into yourself, remembering Mm. that you're the expert on you. I mean, they have a, they have a, a set of questions that they've got people around the world answering. They don't know exactly how they show up in your life. This Mm -hmm. does lead me though, to one point that I really, I actually put it on on a piece of paper so I wouldn't forget to make. When I was working at IBM, I did a couple of um, uh, webinars slash discussion, I guess, workshops on, on strengths we did it. We looked at character strengths, and we looked at another kind of strengths, the strengths finder approach, which is more people sometimes say more work related. Um, and what I found, what really struck me in the discussion that came after this, was that some people see their own strengths, the areas where they are strong, as table stakes for being a good human being. In other words. If you happen to be a very, very prudent person, then you and there's and you're working with somebody who's maybe more full of zest or maybe creative and goes off and tries things without necessarily thinking them all the way through, you tend to see that person as being deficient. Mm. That is, that that person isn't really the way a person ought to be. Mm. So one of the things that I like most about focusing on character strengths is that it makes us realize, okay, this area, being prudent, that is a strength that I have. Mm. It's not that everybody comes with prudence in their package and everybody ought to be as prudent as I am. I need mm. to look at that as something that sets me off, that makes me, gives me some of my specialness and allow the fact that other people are going to be special in different ways. Mm. So I think that one of the things that came out of the discussion was this greater tolerance for different levels of the strengths in different people and a greater awareness that, well, I may be strong in prudence, but you may be strong in leadership, or you may be strong in social intelligence or something else. And so this realization that we don't all come packaged the same way. Mm. Uh, some things just come easier to some of us than others, mm. and that's just, that's, that's, that's with the beauty of it. When you mm. think about it, there's, what, nearly 7 billion people, or maybe more than 7 billion people now, and you got 24 character strengths. So you could look at it and you could say, well, how could you use 24 character strengths to differentiate 7 billion people? Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that 24 factorial, which is you know, 24 times 23 times 22 all the way down, mm-hmm. which is how many different combinations of character strengths there could be, mm-hmm. is really a very, very large number. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing is that Character strengths tend to show up in compounds. Mm. 
So, and there's not been a lot of direct study of these compounds, but take, take you, you know, what would you, what, if, if you don't mind sharing, what are your, what are your top three character strengths? So <clears throat> my top ones were curiosity, humor, love of learning. Yeah, I think they were my top three. Okay, your top three. Okay. So now look at how those three fit together and how they, they become a particular combination that really sort of is the Tony that invites people to come talk to him on his podcast and ask questions, you know, with, with a certain ability to enjoy what he's hearing. Hmm. Um, so that think those curiosity and love of learning, of course, are very, are very related, hmm. you know, but you can be curious that is just open to new experience without necessarily having love of learning, which is the, the desire to systematically pursue particular, particular learning. Hmm. Um, so you think about what puts those two probably augment each other and humor hmm. just probably gives you a little buffer as you're learning all these things that you don't take yourself too seriously. Hmm. Is that a fair statement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that probably would be, yeah. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe that creating healthy habits should be easy. If you know a friend or a loved one who might be interested in learning simple habits to improve their health, then please share this podcast with them. We also invite you to subscribe and to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to the show. I mean, one of the things that I, in the Ryan Nemec book that I was recently reading, and he was talking a lot about overuse and underuse of the straps. And I found that, that quite fascinating, actually. That. Well, I'm a, great, I'm a great fan of the golden mean. Okay, so mm. the golden mean is not too much, not too little, somewhere in between. Mm. And so I think that... that um, Aristotle described the golden mean relative to, for, to courage. There's rashness where you do things, you know, that are, that, are, that are inherently dangerous that other people wouldn't do. And then there's cowardice, which is you avoid taking any risks. Mm. And the golden mean between them is true courage, mm. where you, you assess the risks, you make good choices, and you, and, and, and you do, you act anyway. So I think that with each one of the character strengths, that is one way to understand it, how it's showing up in your life. Um, I know that when Christopher Peterson was alive, one of the things that he thought might be possible would be to take all of the different mental illnesses and maybe characterize them in terms of under underuse or overuse of particular character strengths. Hmm. I don't know that that work has ever really come to fruition, but I thought it was at least an interesting idea. Hmm. Um, so one of the things to think about is, you know, you're curious, right? Well, if you overuse curiosity, that means you get extremely nosy about things that you have no particular right to know, mm -hmm. right? And if you kind of let your curiosity lapse and sort of don't let, don't, don't follow up and don't use it much, hmm. then it might be that you're just, you know, kind of unaware of what's going on around you or hmm. uninterested in the things that are happening around you. Curiosity is, is, um, is a really fun strength to have. There's another researcher, Todd Cashton, who wrote a book. It's called Curious with a Big Question Mark. And in his view, you can put curiosity and anxiety on a scale. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about some particular situation and you're feeling like, oh, I'm really, really scared of doing this or whatever, you're letting, you know, this, the slider is over here towards anxiety. Mm. If you, one of the ways that you can deal with this is just move that slider in the direction of curiosity. Like, I wonder what it'll be like to be on a podcast I wonder what it'll be like to have somebody asking me questions. I wonder what it'll, what kinds of questions he'll ask. Hmm. And then you, that reduces the anxiety as you move it towards curiosity. Hmm. And what, one of the things that I was thinking about is how can people use character strengths in a way to, um, 
to get the things that they're trying to achieve in their life. So to maybe someone, for example, so I, I talk a lot about habits on, on this show. So how can someone who's maybe struggling to create habits around certain areas of their life, how would they, is, what, what would you say, how could they use character strengths more to get whatever it is they're trying to achieve? I think that it, you know, there's, there's probably 7 billion answers to that, you know, because there's, you know, many, many, many different combinations of character strengths. But I think in general, what, what people could do is to say, to look at their top character strengths Mm -hmm. and to say, okay, in your case, there's curiosity, there's love of learning. So those are two that you can easily see. Okay. I can be curious, curious about what, what kinds of habits might make sense for me to have here? Mm. And um, what, what do other people do to build habits that, might, that I might be able to use? Mm. You might go off and read uh, B.J. Hogg, Hogg's book, Tiny Habits, for example, mm. and, and, and say, oh, let me try that approach because you're curious to see how it'll show up in your life. And you love learning about it, and that's a book about habits. Or you might decide, oh, um, well, what about uh, Gabriel Oettingen's whoops framework? You know, the, the, wish, uh, the wish, the outcome, the obstacle, the plan. And so you might go learn about the whoops framework and say, I'm going to put that in place. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see how it works for me. Mm. You might use your humor as a way of, of you know, one, one of the things that, that um, people who've Prochaska and others who've done a lot of work on, on how people actually change things in their lives. One of the things that they say is that guilt and shame are very poor um, foundations for change. So you're going to fall short. Everybody falls short in building a habit. Sometimes you just won't do it, or sometimes you'll have, you'll backslide. So if you could use your humor to say, okay, Tony, and then you put that your backsliding into kind of a funny, you know, put, kind of put a sort of a funny feeling around it. That will help you come to self-forgiveness, which will help you to actually move forward instead of going back and getting all wound up and what's the matter with me? I can never, I can never follow through. I can never follow through, et cetera. Mm. So that's maybe one way that you could use the character strengths. There are many people who've written. Um, a lot of really good things about putting character strengths in action, including one of one of the people that went through my writer's workshop named Jane Anderson, who wrote a 30-day practice for character strengths. So she actually has a, this, a book that she published that has activities for exploring your, your own character strengths and putting them into action. Mm-hmm. And people might find that that's, but you with your love of learning might find that that would be fun to do as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I mean, you mentioned, you know, so in the book, there's, you know, it, it goes through each of the character strengths. And as you mentioned, it has the actions you can put in place. And there's a, there's a section that you can read aloud for, for each of them uh, and so on. What did you, what am I trying to, I guess, did you have a favorite strength that in as far as what you put in the book? Or was there a favorite piece in the book that you really loved? Well, you know, I'm going to use this as a jumping off point to at least read at least one piece out loud. Okay. All right. So I mentioned to you that we have short pieces for people to read out loud. I want to demonstrate that by reading one of those pieces out loud. Mm-hmm. And this happens to be the one, the, 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 the read out loud that comes with integrity. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the speech by Chief Sitting Bull. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love. It doesn't interest me how much money you make. I want to know if you have touched the center of your soul. It doesn't interest me if the story you're telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. I want to know if you can be faithful and therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty, even if it's not pretty every day. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair and do what needs to be done. Mm. 
I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. I have this feeling, having read this out loud, I have this feeling that I had a little bit of the sense of sitting bowl in my body as mm-hmm. the words were coming out of me. And I was thinking about each one of the, the statements there. Mm-hmm. I had the feeling of this is, I'm impersonating it. I'm bringing it to life in myself. And mm-hmm. that's the reason that we have the read aloud parts in the book. Right. And how did, I mean, how did you go about finding all of those? Did you have to sort through like sort of hundreds to, to get to that 24 list? Well, there's Google is your friend. Um, but part of it was looking for things that we could both agree on. There's always great to have somebody that you're working, working with who, so that you can say, oh, that works for me, and well, that doesn't work for me. So that really helps in terms of, of narrowing down on them. Um, we also were looking for things where we didn't have big copyright problems. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my co-author is you know, from the theater, and so a lot of the things that she knew were you know, it would, we never get permission to, mm. to print it. So we were looking for things that were out of copyright. So it was, it was, it was, it was an exploration. Fortunately, mm. I have love of learning pretty high in my character strengths as well. So I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I would like to read one more little section, and this is a piece from letters by Abigail Adams. Um, and uh, so she has a statement here. I've always felt that a person's intelligence is directly reflected by the number of conflicting points of view he can entertain simultaneously on the same topic. You can probably figure out that that's associated with love of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And you probably understand that being able to see multiple conflicting sides of the same question is something that it takes a lot of learning and practice to do. That reminds me, I'm trying to think who it was. There was a quotation that says something very similar to that. I think it was G.K. Chesterton who says something very similar to that. Uh, yeah, that's no, fascinating, yeah. It's, I mean, as I said, I, I really enjoyed the book, and I'm enjoying the whole trying to dig deeper and deeper into understanding the the area of character strengths more. It's, it's been a, a really interesting journey in in you know in reading your book and Ryan's book and, and other books around the the topic as well what so you you mentioned about other books that you've written I mean, are you are you working on anything at the moment oh i am um i've been doing a lot of writing coaching and i run writers workshops mm-hmm. i think i'm going to be running about nine of them this summer uh, each with about three or four people in them and one of the things i've encountered i've been doing this for since 2013 so i have i guess that i'm getting i'm getting close to eight years experience I've had about 2,600 pieces of writing go through writers' workshops. So I've seen a lot of writing in progress. Hmm. And I've observed that people get in their own way a lot. There are many people who want to write, but they're just, they're afraid of it. They feel like, oh, who cares what I have to say? Or I can't write any, you know, I I don't know how to write. Hmm. Um, I think about people saying, I don't know how to write, being about as silly as saying, I don't know how to speak, right? We, you've been right, you write grocery lists, you write emails, you write texts, you write, you write things all the time. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes, how do you write for a larger audience? So I'm now working on a book with, um, so far I'm up to, I think about 35 different experiments that people can try in order to get better at writing. And the book, my, my tentative title right now is Sit, Write, Share. With sit being, okay, here are the ways that you manage your, your mind, your, your, your feelings or whatever about writing, almost, almost like a meditation practice. Write breaks down into imagine, draft, and edit. I found that of the writers that I'm working with, they seem to be amazed how much of the truly creative part of writing happens during the revising and editing. And then the final section is about share. Um, so I've written first, at least first or sometimes second drafts of all of the sit experiments and all of the write experiments, and I'm starting to work on the share experiments. Writing is a social effort, right? It's you trying to communicate to me or to a whole a large number of people 
-hmm. And yet we tend to do it in a very solitary ways, like we're in our little closets or whatever. So this, these are ways that you can actually get other people involved to help you get your, your, your words out there. So I'm having a lot of fun with this. Um, I'm not taking myself too seriously. Um, I'm realizing that there are people like Anne Lamott and Elizabeth Gilbert and a lot of others who've written wonderful books about writing. But my, mine is based on a, an approach that I think is really important for behavior change in general, which is what I think of as, think of it as an experiment. So when I coach people, we, we tend to always end a session coming up with actions. What are you going to do between now and the next time we get together? And they'll make some kind of commitment to themselves of what they're going to do. When we get back together, I'll say, well, how did it go? And sometimes they'll say, oh, great, I did this, whatever, I accomplished it. And sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, I just never got around to doing it. And I just found I didn't, I didn't want to do it or something else came up that was, you know, whatever, you know. My point of view is not, oh, it's my job to make you feel guilty. I am your guilty conscience. I don't believe in that. But instead, I view it as, okay, that was an experiment we were trying and it didn't work. So what can, if we look at it, let's figure out why didn't it work and what else might work better. Mm-hmm. And so all of the, the activities in my book are experiments to try things that might make things easier for you, might make your voice come out a little bit more easily, or might not, because we're all different and different things are helpful for different people. So I, anyway, I'm working on it and I, I'm up to the point of now starting to have to think about should I write a book proposal and, and publish it through you know, a publishing company or should I use some of the avenues to self-publishing that I know about? So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with it, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. You made me think about on the topic of writing. Um, I'd imagine if someone goes through the process of thinking about a possible book they might be able to write and just actually just doing that and putting it on paper and even if it never they didn't publish it but just going through that process of that whole creative process and putting something down on paper could be really beneficial in so many ways for someone well um, this is actually something that um, I spoke about in the beginning of the of the of the pandemic when we were all starting to shutter down and and you know not go any place and that actually what I, wanted, what I wanted to encourage people to do was to capture some of their pandemic experiences in writing or, you know, they could, they, could, uh, they could record them on their phones or whatever, because your memory of what actually you experienced in this time is going to be different than your actual experience. Mm. And so if you capture your experience now, it will, it will surprise you in the future when you look back and you think, well, what was going on during the pandemic? And then you'll see that. And I, I, I think of this, it makes, makes me, my great-grandmother, my great-grandmother had 12 children. Um, she, she had 12 children that grew up. She had probably had a miscarriage or, or you know, lost an infant or two along the way, but she had a lot of children. And I look back and think, here's this woman who was living, who moved from Missouri, which is in the middle of the United States, to Idaho, which is out in the mountain west, probably in her, in her 40s, and rebuilt life out there, um, decided she was tired of having her husband get drunk all the time and kicked him out, and divorced him. Back in the 1920s, she divorced him, which was unusual. He was run into by a uh, an automobile one night when he was out wandering around, probably a little inebriated. She took him back in, nursed him back to health, and then when he was he- healthy again, she kicked him out. Now, I think to myself, I'll bet you if you asked her you know, to tell the story of what was going on, she would say, oh, this is just normal life. I'm doing all the normal things. But I feel at this point, you know, a number of years later, I feel like, wouldn't it be interesting to know what was going through her mind as she was living this particular life and how she made these decisions and how she took a man with whom she'd had 12 children and then decided that that was enough and kicked him out and then lived without him? Is that not interesting? 
So many of us see our lives as being mundane or whatever. I think at the very least we could capture some of our stories for our children or or other people in the future to look back and say, this is what it was like when people were going through the pandemic mm. in 2020 and 2021. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, do you have any, um, any, come back to the subject of habits. So do you have any habits that have you've particularly helpful to you in achieving the, you know, the goals that you set for your life or just your daily living or whatever the case might be? No, I, um, I find that actually an, uh, a kind of difficult question to answer. Mm. And I think the reason is that if something is truly a habit, it's something you don't spend a lot of time thinking about. Mm. Um, I can tell you that I'm a very, I, I very much appreciate habits. I mean, I very much appreciate, it's a little bit like touch typing, right? I learned how to type when I was in the 11th grade, which was a long time ago. And I can write just with my fingers on the keyboard without thinking at all about what they're doing. So it's almost, if you, and I think of this as being what the way for people to think about habits in their life is you have a certain amount of energy to spend on, on your life and if you have to think about everything that you do, you're using up energy in terms of planning and making something happen that might be available for something else. Mm. So I guess what I would say, um, I, I mean, I have a lot of habits that have to do with, um, I'm a type 1 diabetic and have been for 42 years, so I have a lot of habits that have to do with managing what I eat, managing when I exercise, managing um, um, you know, balancing my blood sugars so that I don't, you know, lose, you know, become, lose my ability to think clearly. Mm. But I don't really necessarily think of them about them. And so it's kind of hard for me to turn the spotlight on them in, in, in a, at a time like this. Okay. And if, if people want to find out more about you and your, your books and the work you do and so on, where, where were the best places to go? Well, um, I have a LinkedIn profile, so mm -hmm. Catherine H. Britton. I think it's Catherine H. Britton. Um, and um, I also have a website, um, and I know that I guess I, should, I could spell it out, or maybe you'll just put it in your – um, and it's – the name of my website comes from a Greek woman who is the wife of Pythagoras. Mm -hmm. She was the mathematician who was responsible for the golden rectangle, and she ran Pythagoras's school after he died, which leads most women to look at that and say, I'll bet she was running it before he died as well. <laughs> so her name was Theano, T-H-E-A-N-O, mm -hmm. um, and the so my website is theano-coaching.com. Um, so, but that's where, where, that's where that particular name came from, if, in case you were wondering. Well, that's a fascinating story in itself. But okay, yeah. <laughs> and well, and uh, apart from LinkedIn, is there any other social media you're particularly active on? Is it, or is it mostly LinkedIn? Um, I also have a Twitter account, but I don't really tweet very often. Okay. I, life is just too short. So I do have some articles that I have published on my LinkedIn account. I also have... Um, I've written probably 100 to 150 articles on positivepsychologynews.com mm -hmm. um, on various topics, character strengths being among them, but um, other, other reflections and stories about putting positive psychology to work in everyday mm -hmm. lives. Okay. So. And, and before we finish, Catherine, is there um, a quotation that you particularly like that um, that resonates with you for whatever reason? Well, the one that's resonating with me right now, and it's the one I'm, that I'm planning to put in the front of my book, is from Franklin Delano Roosevelt in a speech that he gave in 1932. So it goes, It is common sense to take a method and try it. If it fails, admit it frankly and try another. But above all, try something. So that, to me, goes right with my think of it as an experiment approach to life, which is, it may not work. We're all different. What, I, what works for me may not work for you at all. 
But if you try something and then look at it with interest and say, well, what happened in that particular case? Then you can at least expand your sense of who you are and what actually works for you. Well, Catherine, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you for, for giving me the last 45 or well, 48 minutes of your time. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure too. Next week is episode 19 with Baz Lebesque. He's the, uh, an executive mindset coach and he helps cre- create sustainable balance in a demanding career and business. He used to be um, working as a, in trading. Um, he was trading millions and in, you know, in the financial markets and stuff. And he became very unfulfilled with the life he was, he was living. He was earning a lot of money, but it wasn't really, didn't have much meaning to it. And he changed things around. He changed a number of habits. Like he was quite a heavy drinker, smoking a lot, drinking a lot of coffee. He's reduced the, uh, the, the well, completely cut out the, the cigarettes and the alcohol. Coffee, he's still working on. So that's next week uh, with Baz Lebesque, episode 19. If you enjoyed this week's episode with Catherine Britton, do share it with anyone who you feel will get some real benefit from some of the wisdom that Ka- uh, Catherine talked about, especially anyone who maybe could really use, if they could use character strengths in a way that would really help them in in whatever it is that they do or or maybe that they're trying to do i hope you enjoyed this week's show and see you next week thanks for tuning in to the habits and health podcast where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.